I would say be brave. Don't worry about what the world is going to think. You have your own unique path. You have your own gifts. Those gifts might be weird. They might be quirky. They might not fit the traditional mold and they shouldn't, but you're here to be unapologetic. Mm -hmm. So stand up and increase your wings. Let them be seen because you're meant for more. Welcome, beautiful souls, to the Empowering Her podcast. I'm your host, Melody, and I have a beautiful, beautiful episode for you today. I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Neetha Bhushan, and uh, she brought so much wisdom and light to the podcast. And, you know, I am just so grateful that through um, this work that I'm doing, I get to meet so many incredible women. Sometimes the guests that I have on the podcast um, are people that I know, are people that I'm friends with, are people that I've met through social media, and sometimes uh, I'm reached out to by these women's teams who are helping them spread their incredible message in the world. And of course, I'm so here for um, for doing that, for providing a platform for these incredible women to get their work out there, to get... Um, their missions out there. And uh, Dr. Neetha is doing some really, really incredible work. And um, I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her directly, to hear about her brand new book, um, That Sucked, Now What?, uh, which I feel like it's so timely. But I'm just like beaming as I'm getting off uh, of this Zoom call where we had this beautiful chat, um, and I just know it's going to serve all of you so very much. I want you guys to listen. There's a part where she says, um, we can all be wayfinders, and that's a term I've actually never heard, and I think so many of the women in this community are wayfinders. We're people who show other people the way. We lead by example. And uh, so this podcast episode is dedicated to you, beautiful listener. I hope that you enjoy it. I am so very grateful for your listenership. Um, And I'm going to share a little bit about Dr. Neetha as co-founder of the Global Grit Institute, a mental health training platform for leaders and coaches, co-founder of the Dharma Coaching Institute, training thousands to live their best lives, and a thriving coach in her own right, Neetha Bhushan has helped thousands of people move past their heartbreaks, failures, and disappointments. And after years of research into human behavior, observing people in their worst and best moments, being a mother of two small children, and failing more than a few times herself, Neetha knows what it takes to get back up no matter what has brought you down. Her new book, That Sucked, Now What?, is a real talk guide to personal growth that draws on and embraces the suck and helps you break through to lasting, audacious resilience. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Do you ever feel like you wish you could do more for this generation of girls, our future generation of women, like actually be a change agent on the front lines and introduce girls to their many superpowers? I always ask myself this question, who would I be today if as a young girl, I was told that I am powerful beyond measure? 
Who would you be, beautiful listener? I know it in my heart that it's time that girls are taught from as young an age as possible that they have everything they need within them to create a beautiful life. Why do we need to wait until our 30s and 40s to finally start feeling good in our skin, with our own thoughts, in our own bodies? The stats are that a girl's self-confidence peaks at age nine. This is a stat that I can't live with and I'm literally in the business of changing. If you too feel the feels when you hear this and want to learn more about what you can do, like our 190 facilitators across the globe are doing to start running their girls empowerment workshops, events, businesses, I want you to learn more about the Girl Life Academy. It's time for all women to step into a career that adds value to the planet, rewards us personally, professionally, spiritually, and financially. We are welcoming new heart-centered girl life facilitators all year around to run our curriculum in their local communities. We provide you with the certification, the business know-how, a supportive community, and so much more to get your girls empowerment endeavor off the ground in a smooth yet powerful way. To learn more about the application process and how you can make the Girl Life Academy a part of your personal reality, go to www.girllifeempowerment.com. That's with one L, www.girllifeempowerment.com or check out our show notes to learn more. Welcome to the podcast, Nita. I'm so, so happy to have you here. Oh my gosh, Melody. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. I'm like so excited. So I did like a deep dive into the world of you and everything that you're up to. And like the first thing that I have to ask you is woman, how do you do it all? Like, Uh, really? You have two little kids. How old are they? So uh, my son is, he just turned four and my daughter is about a year and a half. She's 16 months. God bless. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, you like tips been... and tools to share with us? Oh my goodness. You know, it's, uh, so it has been, I think when I had my daughter, I had this kind of, you know, second awakening. And for me, well, in the, in my husband is from India. And so he, he constantly was saying, uh, you know, the daughters bring Lakshmi and Lakshmi means like abundance, the goddess of abundance. And so I didn't really, you know, like I'm half Indian. I didn't really kind of, I'm like, okay, sure. But when she came into the world, it was like, oh, okay. I got this, you know, this book deal literally in the hospital. I was still, I literally had just given birth to her. And then some of these other things happened where, you know, we started another, another business. And I think that at least for me, um, in my experience, there was this shift that I wanted to, you know, be that way that my mom was for myself. And I didn't really understand it when I was younger, but I wanted to just, you know, I, I wanted to, to to step into and share my dharma, share my voice, share my truth. And really that came into this creative uh, portal when I was pregnant with my daughter, even though we had moved and there's so many challenges. We were living in LA at the time. And yet there was kind of this like new light that 
uh, invigorated this sense of, okay, this is this next chapter. And I think it's going to be great. And honestly, I mean, the, you know, the book was written with ease and I mean, yes, I wasn't sleeping, you know, newborn woes, all of the things, but I think, you know, I don't try to do it all. And I think that's the biggest secret I've asked for help, you know, number of times I've even, you know, tried to corral in my, my, my new neighborhood. We've been living here now in, in Austin, Texas for like two years, but gathering the mamas because that is like the secret society of of hidden help you know and and thank god for the facebook groups because i'm like oh okay you know and 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 i think operating our lives in that way it's like oh they can watch the kids for a little bit cool you know we have support today bring your kids here if you need so i am like the first one to be like all right community let's go you know and because to make to make everyone's dreams come true and i know that sounds so cliche but if you have something that you're like so passionate about or so excited about or you know for some listening, you're like, that wasn't my experience. I actually wanted to nestle down and, and go inward with my my kid. And that's totally cool. But I think that regardless of which way, I think there is a way to ask for help. And I don't think I did that in my 20s. I don't think I did that nearly en- enough in my 30s and, and or in my early 30s. And, and I think that this is it's just been an, a graceful with all of the complexity of emotions. Yeah, but to ask. So that's the, you know, that's the through line, I think. I love that so much. There's so much you said that I want to unpack. I mean, I so appreciate you giving that permission, like for us, like to not have to do it all, right? Because when someone might look at you from the outside and there's you're a published author, I think like you're a four-time published author, yeah. right? And you're doing all of these incredible things. You've got two young kids, a marriage, a partner, like so much to maintain and support. And a look from the outside in would tell us that you've totally got it all together. And and you do, don't get me wrong, you totally do. But to also be like, you really don't have to do it all and you don't have to do, do it at the same time. And my guess is you didn't do it all at once, right? Like there were phases, Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, you know, I think that in this highlight reel world that we live in so many times, we get so caught up in, you know, everyone's dream story again, right? They People are just showing the, these highlight reels. And, and I think for me, you know, as a speaker, as a serial entrepreneur, even in our communities, what has been so important is to share. You can hear my kids screaming downstairs. Keeping <laughs> it real. I love it. <laughs> but you can you can realize the, you know, the the idea that there are different phases. There is the shit show behind what you're seeing behind the highlight reel. You'll, you know, the, the imposter syndrome, the fact that maybe just, maybe I shared this in a, in a talk the other day that, you know, my first time pitching myself as a leadership coach years, you know, after I sold my dental business, I thought I completely bombed and, and failed because my slides weren't working, you know? And so I think that we are the biggest critics of ourselves. And I think that, so that's one and two, most of us 
it's not going to happen overnight. It it shouldn't. And, but what will happen is that compound effect. So, you know, if you're wanting to try something new, or if you're wanting to venture out, the kids are finally, they've got their footing together, they're doing whatever they're doing. And now it gives you a little bit more time, go and pursue that thing and treat it like, okay, this is, this is going to be my gig, my hobby, my, you know, most of us want to get to our destination overnight. And, you know, what I love to share is it's a, it's a marathon, especially if, you know, we're talking about your purpose or your passion, or, you know, in one of the companies that I founded, we talk about Dharma, which is your soul's purpose. And, and you don't really get there just by saying, all right, I'm going to go all in, you know, tomorrow. And I got to get there yesterday because that, that hustle, the, the Gary V that, that whole ideal for, for men. Yeah, it's cute, but it leads to burnout. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think in this stage of life, you know, it's, it's all about appreciating the people that bring you, you know, love and joy and, and, and also that you're like, okay, doing something that you love mm-hmm. and you can hang out with your girlfriends on the weekend and you can spend time with your family here and there. There will have to be some sacrifices, of course. And I just think that uh, boundaries have been a thing because I know that, you know, in my, in my twenties, I would, I would work myself to the bone and, and it was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was doing it for validation. I was doing it to belong. I was doing it as a coping mechanism because I had, you know, undergone a tremendous loss. And that was my way of keeping my head above water, you know? And I think that, um, now looking back and having that, those reflections, I'm like, I don't, some of the things I, I loved about my parents and I don't want to repeat that because that's what got them sick. Right. And so you have that reality check when you're like, okay, at what cost am I going to <laughs> write my book? Uh, you know, I'm not going to do 18 hour days, but I'll, it might take me longer, which it, it did, you know, and I did have the right support around me, which was amazing leaned on people for support, asked, et cetera. And yeah, it took me a little bit longer, but that's, that's okay. Did I have fun in the process? Sure. Did I learn a ton about, about me and what I liked and what I didn't like about it? Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, isn't that the main goal? I think so much we attach the wrong, you know, value system or belief as to why we should be doing things. But if we tune into the way that we're you know, supposed to, how do you want to feel after you do that thing? Accomplished, brave, courageous, loved, joyful, fulfilled, you know, versus what most of us in our psychology, you know, connect to, which is, okay, have to prove somebody wrong. Somebody said, you know, and that's, those are great motivators in the beginning, but is that sustainable? right? So. Oh yeah. So much, so much. I love that you said, yeah, like the whole Gary Vee culture, it's cute, but it's like that hustle mentality that perhaps our parents passed on to us. I know that happened for me too. Like I always felt if I was taking a break or if I wasn't working one day, and this was like in my late teens, like my dad had us working and I still appreciate so many parts of it because it made me the, the, the female entrepreneur that I am. But 
I had made more money in my business when I was on vacation than I did on the week when I was hustling. Like that was like yes. a, a recent realization for me that, you know what, when you can actually release, when you can actually like do things that serve your soul, you might actually be like unleashing a new level of abundance. And that's been proven to me over and over again. So when we know better, we do better. We thank our parents for everything that they taught us and we re release the pieces that no longer serve us. So I, I so appreciate you saying that. So good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's perspective too, right? You know, I think we, we, we get into, and, and there's a concept that I talk about in the book called fly forward it's a framework and there's five stages. And many times we get into something because either we're inspired or we had like a, a life awakening moment. You know, I think that my trajectory was inspired because I got into my lowest of low, which was having to leave my, you know, my, my toxic marriage, my first marriage. And that really spun this like whole healing journey of realizing the perspective that I hadn't reconciled all of the emotions of my grief and my loss of my mom, my dad, and my brother that happened so early on in my life that I was like channeling that into this like overworking, overcompensating because I didn't want anybody to judge me from the outside. I didn't want anybody to think I was broken, but honestly, I was, right. and that's okay. Yet I tried to prove, prove, prove. So one can say, well, Nita, damn, that that really worked well for you. It sure did to a point. Mm -hmm. Because then even at the height of my dental career, I had my practice. It was, you know, seven figures, all the things. I was not even 30. I did not know who I was. And I was just, I was a chameleon. I was like, yes, yes, ma'am. You want me to do this? Okay. You want me to be like this? Absolutely. You know, and so I attracted a lot of people who worked for me who was, didn't have integrity, you know, cheating and, and lying and, and all of the things, right? But I needed to grasp onto that so I can see, well, how am I going to now walk into my 30s and what does this business mean? Well, for me, it meant, okay, I need to connect all of the dots, work on the healing, work on where I still felt you know, insecure in so many ways. And that's sometimes the reasons why we do things, right? The overcompensation, the overworking, et cetera, to gain that validation. But I was needing the validation for myself. And so if somebody's listening to this and 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 does not know why they're doing something, or perhaps maybe there's a perspective shift. And in the five stages of the framework, that first stage is okay, you have a fall. Like for myself, it was, you know, that divorce, but a fall could mean, you know, a, 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 a life sentence, a, a death sentence, a, you know, somebody dying, losing something, losing a, a ton of money, getting fired from your job, getting betrayed, et cetera. And then you move into this ignition of like, all right, what are you going to do? That's stage two. Ignition is like, all right, there's a fire under your butt. Like, mm -hmm. let's go. Mm -hmm. Like, do you want to stay in this crappy job or do you want to leave? Are you going to allow that person to talk to you that way? Or are you going to have a conversation? And then we get into that rising stage where you're still kind of like uncertain. You don't know how this new gig or new thing is going to pan out. You don't know if the guys that you're dating or the people that you're dating are going to hurt you again, but you're open, but you're cautious, right? And so, and then we get into phase four, stage four, which is 
you know, the magnifying stage, which is, all right, you're blossoming into this brand new era of your life and you're finally making peace with it. You're forgiving yourself for what didn't happen, what happened. And there's this acceptance and there's this way and this peace, even though there might still be chaos running around, you know, this is not a linear path yet. And then we get into the thriving stage, which is stage five. And that stage five is all about thriving and thriving, meaning, you know, like you starting a podcast, sharing it with other people, you know, joining that group, going to that retreat, going to that conference, you might still be nervous. You might still be like, what am I doing? I have no idea, but you know, you're actually taking action and you're doing it to pay it forward for somebody else. So I love that saying yes to yourself and in saying yes to yourself, serving others. And this framework is from this amazing book that you've just written your fourth book that sucked. Now what? I love the name. (laughs) So good. Yes. For any mom out there, you already get it. You know, I mean, for for any any female out there, I mean, because we, it's, you know, I think it's, it, it it's it's hard and it's it's messy and it's magical and it's it, you know my subtitle is how to embrace how, it, how to embrace the joy and chaos and find magic in the mass mm-hmm. really and that's you know that's that's kind of the through line of can we be okay with the mass and find the magic through it right you know and and there's there's so many aspects of joy along the way and anyone who's ever built something before will probably tell you the highlight reels but hopefully they'll tell you like what didn't go well and in the book i chronicle so many of uh, the founders that i used to coach of you know even of course my stories i ha- you know it's it, it's it goes through a lot of different phases but i think the idea is we don't learn about emotional management as, as just, I I don't know about you, but like growing up, my mom and dad would always say, well, big girls don't cry. And so I, I I grew up thinking, okay, I'm going to button up my emotions so much so that even when I went through those horrific losses, I didn't really, I mean, it was painful. It was awful. It was so many things, but I didn't really have the tools to grieve my grieving. Like I said, coping mechanism was toxic positivity. You know, I needed to, I'm like, yep, silver lining. They're okay. They're watching over me. I mean, it was like, as if I want, I I just buried it all, put it in a closet, locked the closet up. And I'm like, no one's ever going to find out until, I mean, it started to show up in other ways like the people I was dating and it ended up me being in a very toxic relationship. Thank God for that because pain is an indicator, you know, pain is an indicator just like our sometimes, you know, not so joyful emotions like anger, sadness, frustration, jealousy. Those are indicators of, Hmm. Okay. What, what do I need to heal about myself? What do I need to heal in this relationship right now, why am I, why am I getting triggered again? Like, what is that thing? So feeling that pain or that discomfort of our emotions that we want to suppress, that's our indication that we should pause and say, all right, what, what part of me is still not healed? 
And what part of me still needs that? And, and it's so easy for us to see it with our kids, you know, my, my two-year-old, when I started writing the book, he had no filter. (laughs) He was never told any of those emotions were bad. It was up to me to say, Ari, stop crying. Ari, we don't, we don't do that here, you know? And, and I had to then reshift and really repattern myself in real time, not, not theoretically, you know, that you read a book and you're like, okay, I had a living being that was like, I mean, just meltdown after meltdown, you know, any, any, anybody who's ever had a two-year-old or, or has spent time with two-year-olds, you'll know they go through, they don't have emotional regulation, nothing is formed. And so we're putting these patterns in their minds, but you can see it takes 30 seconds sometimes to go from wailing, screaming, bawling their eyes out, crying. I want this toy. I want this toy. I want that candy to then a minute or two later, because they've fully let it go and they processed it. They felt it. They've acknowledged it. Now I've given him language for it. Now he says, mama, I'm feeling mad, (laughs) you know, and, and literally he says it all the time. Now you just turned four. And, and so to have that emotional acumen so young, and that's one of the practices I talk about in the book, it's a full emotional release practice. And I talk about some of the emotions that a lot of us as females we probably aren't okay with. We're probably not okay with rage. If you were told, oh, you shouldn't get mad at that. You should, you know, you, girls should be just poised and, and and no anger. But then we feel all of this anger and rage. And guess what? It turns us into raging bitches yes. and, and so resentful. And so, you know, your rage is just as important as your joy, as your appreciation, because it allows us to transmute or alchemize or transform those emotions that have been kind of stuck or suppressed so that you can finally release it. And sometimes all you need is to just say it out loud. Like, Mm -hmm. I am feeling so frustrated with you today. And, and, and that's it. That's like that, that honesty and that vulnerability that I think you know, is just so important for building any relationship. And this, this too, in the workforce, this too, if you have a team, this too, of course, in your most personal relationships, like your love relationships and your friendships, family, I I think those are, you know, the, so, so important. So I, I share a way forward and how to really attune to a lot of these emotions that we feel when we're, we're going day to day. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I mean, the first thing I have to applaud you on is that you are raising your children with emotional intelligence. What we always say at Girl Life is like, emotional intelligence is just not taught in school. EQ is not on their priority list. And so you facilitating that for your kids, letting them know that all feelings are valid is so damn important, right? Because like you, you said it, you like nailed, like it's the fact that we are not taught to express our emotions. Um, stop crying. Big girls don't cry, right? Like keep it in, like, like man up, woman up, whatever it is, like the messages that we give to young kids. And I love that you took a step back and you're like, wait a second. Then you witness your son processing and then coming back. Right. And I think that is what we're all missing. Like that sucked. Now what? That sucked. Let's process it. Let's move through it. And then what? 
<laughs> right? So absolutely. I, oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, well, I, I was going to just say like, there's, you know, there's, there's the, that sucked piece where it's okay. Acknowledging. Wow. That really, that really sucked, man. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. Love that that happened to you. So acknowledging or even you acknowledging, wow, I really, that really hurt me. Right. But it's not going into this like victim spiral, pity party spiral. And if you need to, that's fine too. That's all valid. I think where we get stuck is we we sit in the suck for far too long where we can't get out. And then we get into these coping mechanisms and behaviors sometimes that aren't going to be the healthiest for us in the long run, right? And so it's the the, the in-between of like that victim stage of like, all right, okay, this has sucked. And not even getting into the hero stage or the victor stage of like, all right, I've been through this. Yes. Now what? It's the in-between, the vulnerability, mm-hmm. that vulnerability piece in between to acknowledge where you are at the moment, where, like what your feelings are. And many times to move through them super fast, even if you're in a meeting or have to go on stage or what happened, you know, just to validate those emotions by just saying out loud, I am feeling anxious right now. I'm feeling really nervous right now. And that dissipates a lot of that energy already because you're, you're expressing it. You're, you're sharing it. And, you know, I have certain tools, of course, that I go through in the book as to how to regulate, how to process through that kind of like a two-year-old really. Mm -hmm. And, and so then, you know, we're not carrying a lot of that baggage through the day. We're, we're transforming it into other new channels. Maybe it's to serve other people. Maybe it's to share your truth with somebody with, with, you know, being unapologetic. Yeah. I, I, I love that you talk about that sucked. Let's acknowledge, right? Let's get to the in-between. But I also very much hear you say that we're like taking responsibility also. So that sucked. Why did it happen to me? It shouldn't have happened to me. All of that. And you were talking about like your first marriage or some of the loss in your life. And you were like, I'm like, what a beautiful reframe to be like, I'm so glad that happened to me. Like not many people can Mm -hmm. say that. Like, how can we get people to step into that place? Not in a toxic, positivity kind of way, but in a, okay, it happened. And how can I kind of see the light? Because I notice in our community, sometimes even with friends and family, especially with family who like, look at my path sometimes and they're like, what is she doing? Right? Like, I don't know if you can relate. Um, Oh yes. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. But when you're trying to kind of like walk them through, or when something has happened to you and you're like, asking yourself, what's the lesson? And they're kind of looking at you like you got horns. <laughs> how, how can we make that okay? How can we, you know? What, what oh gosh. Yeah. So, uh, so there is, there's a section in my book, you know, how to find the magic in the mess or the magical moments that sucked. And there is an exercise that I have you guys go through. And actually, when you all get a copy of the book from thatsucknowwhat.com, you actually get the accompanying 50-page journal. So it's a digital journal, and it's chock full of, you know, it's just a deeper dive into a lot of the concepts that we talk about. But so there's a specific exercise that I have you go through. And by the way, the journal is completely free. And so it's 
to make a list of all of the things that perhaps was a sucky time. And it perhaps maybe, and I have you start from all the way, you know, elementary school, maybe you got bullied, maybe you lost a friend, a friend, you know, went away, et cetera. But it's, it's chronicling what happens when that sucky moment happened and, and what it gave rise to, like, what was the next immediate step on that journey for you? So maybe it was your, you know, your parents <clears throat> got divorced and, and when you were younger, but then you got to move in with your grandma and she was the best thing that happened to your life. Right. Or maybe it wasn't, maybe you didn't grow up in the best have the best upbringing, but it taught you like, what were some of those skills that you learned? And so again, we're, we're finding the magic through that messy time, right? We're finding those magical moments that sucked that actually gave rise to where you are today. And so, and I remember doing this exercise, I mean, very long time ago, right? Because yeah, when, when, when you're going through loss, I mean, everyone has different grieving mechanisms or even just how to even reconcile with that. And it's very tough to not be in a victim mode because especially when you're, you know, losing people like I did, I mean, all within nine year span. <clears throat> and so, so if you take all of those milestones and you kind of look and reframe, you can kind of see, oh, I probably wouldn't have been here, huh? If that guy dumped me, or I probably wouldn't have found my now husband if I was still with my ex-husband, right? And so then we can actually find the gems and the gratitude and the blessings in those times, because it actually led you to where you are. Uh, you know, if, if I didn't get, I don't know, fired from my very, very, very first, you know, dental job, and it was a very tiny stint, I wouldn't have had the courage to then go out and buy my own practice, right. And learn all of the skills that would then lead me to sell my business and, and have the courage and bravery to start something completely new without knowing the trajectory, right? If I were so still stuck on that tiny little failure, which many times, you know, you hear like the, the cheerleader that didn't get into the, into her favorite college or the, the high school football player who broke his leg and, and couldn't play in college. Right. But what did those moments give rise to? We can get stuck in that suck or we can then appreciate the nonlinear, the unconventional path that's laid out. And most of us will experience that in our human journey, in our, in, in our human experience. And that's, that's part, that's part and parcel of, of that. Mm -hmm. I love that you walk people through it. Cause I think we need that right uh, to not dwell in that space of suck. It's so important that you're giving us the tools. And I love like how generous of you to offer a journal to the readers, because that's really the way through. Like if we can, you're giving us prompts, like uh, elementary school, high school, going back, thinking about the experiences and how they may have worked for us, I think is absolutely incredible. So that's super generous. Tell us again where they can get the book. I just don't want to miss that. Absolutely. So that sucked. 
with an ed now what it's all one url.com and and actually i mean you know i know we're heading into the the holidays and things like that so when you actually purchase three books so one for your sister one for your friend one for your mom one for yourself you actually get two additional bonuses so actually three additional bonuses. So one is our self-care 12 month calendar. And that is chalk filled with, because, you know, we, we prioritize ourselves last many times. Mm-hmm. And so these are just reminders and tips and it's been used already and it's loved by our community. So I know your community is really going to love it, but it actually has month by month. What's a ritual that you can do for your self-care? What's a practice that you can do and practice meaning a practice for yourself to feel nourished and rested and rejuvenated. And what's a recipe. I'm, I'm a big fan of like warm drinks, especially like literally throughout the year, but you know, different kinds of chais. I think I probably was a chai barista in my last life. <laughs> uh, and so I finally have, have, have included a lot of those recipes and they're kind of influenced from all over the world. Um, and so that plus a girlfriend's guide to creating your support posse, because remember in the beginning I shared, well, I can't really do it all, but I do it because I'm such a gatherer of humans. And so this is a really big comprehensive guidebook so that you could actually be that person, that way shower, that leader of your community to bring people together to actually talk about the times that sucked and how, and it's not that you're oversharing. It's not that you're, you know, you have to feel weird about it, but there's actually a way attacked and, and charisma that I talk about in this guide all for free, by the way. Um, and you can get started on it at that sucked now So good. So generous. I so appreciate you sharing all this goodness with our community. I have a couple more questions for you before uh, we sign off for today. These are questions we ask everyone in our community and on the podcast. And um, there is this statistic that a girl's self-confidence peaks at age nine. And we always say we are in the business of changing this statistic. And I'm sure you having a daughter, like you feel like the, the urgency of us doing work with girls and like really introducing them to all their magic and superpowers from a young age. So um, I think sometimes it helps when we reflect on our own lives when we were younger. And so I would love to know what is a message you wish you could give to your nine-year-old self? Oh, I love that. Uh, Yeah. I would say be brave. Don't worry about what the world is going to think. You have your own unique path. You have your own gifts. Those gifts might be weird. They might be quirky. They might not fit the traditional mold and they shouldn't, but you're here to be unapologetic. So stand up and increase your wings. Let them be seen because you're meant for more. Mm. So good. I needed to hear that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That felt good. Um, And final question for today. If you could take a billboard out onto the world, what would it say for all to see? Oh, wow. Be unapologetic. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Nitha, for being here with us today. Let everybody know where they can find you in in social media, wherever you hang out the most. 
Yeah, definitely hit me up on on Instagram at the Brave Table uh, at the Brave Table is is our podcast. I'm usually there, but Neetha Bushin is is my handle for everything. So that's N-E-E-T-A, B as in boy, H-U-S-H-A-N. But we would love to hear your brave stories uh, on the Brave Table as well. Yes, she's got this amazing podcast. I've been binging on the episodes. You guys need to hear it. So good. And you need to get the book that sucked. Now what? So timely, so timely. I'm so excited to dive into it. And I'm so happy that you took the time to be with us today. Melody, what a pleasure. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. If you love what you're hearing on the Empowering Her podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star review. And as a thank you, I would love to share a free audio with you called Claiming Your Enoughness Now. Simply share a screenshot of your review with me on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment with one L, either in the DMs or in a story, and I will send the gift your way. Thank you so much for your listenership. I can't express how much it means to me.